I compliment you, but it might go to your head. I've been right here, but know you wanted them instead. The only thing I dream about when I'm in bed. Long as I'm here, I know that this will never fade. Caroline, you're on my mind, yeah. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B. Reed. And if you enjoyed this week's intro music, that's coming from our featured artist, Cooley in the Cut, Memphis's own. That track's called Caroline. Um, if you like it, feel free to check it out on Spotify. We'll put the link in the uh, in when we post this for you. Beatty, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. Long break. Long break. Had a lot going on. Moved across. You know, so I moved to get out of the snow and the cold. And guess what the hell's going on in Arizona? It's snowing and it's cold. How cold is it in Arizona? Uh, it was down in the 30s and 40s uh, yesterday, and we got some snow down here. So Man, that would suck. It's been like that, yeah. so I'm kind of used to it here. But if I move to Arizona, I'd kind of be pissed. I am a little bit upset <laughs> about it, so... Um, you know, I'm like I said, I tried to get away from it, and here I am stuck in the cold and rain. Uh, um, well, I will say it couldn't have happened to a better person, yeah. You know, I always say that life finds a way to come get me, <laughs> so <laughs> like, like bad luck goes out. I mean, snow in Arizona, come on, man. Uh, I would say that you're right. probably the problem, then. It is. It's me. <laughs> so if you if y'all run into me, you better be having. You better wear wear something protective, cause uh, I'm sure bad stuff is coming your way. Um, all right, man. Let's get into it. So had a lot going on this week. We have a lot of drama in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Antonio Brown's mustache. Uh, you know, we just completed NBA NBA All Star Weekend, so we're we're in the in the playoff push um, now and then. Of course, you've got the subject that is college basketball. Uh, as we prepare for March Madness, is Zion Williamson going to play? Um, Jim Beheim's out here killing people in the middle of the night. So, uh, what do you want to touch on? We'll start with that Duke-UNC game. I mean, not necessarily the game. It's just you. That's a pretty big sporting event, man. I was looking at the ticket sales and how much those tickets cost for a college game. And if you've ever been to a college basketball game, it seems ridiculous to have that many stars in that size gym. Because, I mean, that, that Duke Stadium, it's a mix between like a high school and a college. It has a high school atmosphere because everybody's so close. And they have all those stars for a college basketball game. But yet, this isn't a professional event, right? Right, and these ath- and they can't find the money to pay these athletes. Uh, but you know, well, uh, when the tick, oh, go ahead. tickets cost more than the Super Bowl, and you've got the former president of the United States there. I mean, you. I mean, this. Come on, man. Well, I got a question. Where was his secret? Don't you steal your Secret Service? Yeah, the dude that looked like uh, Gary Payton in the background. Uh, was, uh, we only got one dude yeah. for, the, for Obama in North Carolina. Yeah. I don't know about that, man. It seems like it could be a setup, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, you run the risk, but you know, I guess you wanted to see Zion that bad. Um, and hopefully the 33 seconds of Zion that he saw 
was impressive. But uh, my man blew out a tire with, in his PG-13, so um, Nike taking a big hit. Man, I don't think Nike's going to take a big hit, man. I mean, if it was one of these other companies like Under Armour or Reebok or something like that, even a Puma, I would say more of like a Puma or Under Armour, this would be a huge blow in my opinion. Like, it would go a long way into keeping people away from buying those shoes. But Nike, I think this is more of a like a, a signature shoe issue more than, hey, I'm not going to buy Nike. It's more people say, well, I'm not going to buy the PG-13s. But then again... A lot of those Jordan shoes suck to play basketball in, so I don't. Well, that's the team shoes. Yeah, but why would you? I don't know. They were ugly shoes anyway. The Jordans or the no? Oh, you talking, no, about, talking the, about those PG thirteen? Yeah, yeah. They those were definitely off the uh, the the TJ Maxx rack. Uh, but man, the sheer power yeah. of that dude to come through a shoe because we've seen a lot of big and powerful and strong dudes. We have never seen a dude slip, lose his balance, and his whole foot tear the shoe completely apart that's insane so do you think excuse me man we back to coughing on the podcast you're back um, to on the podcast. <laughs> put that on me um we're gonna change this to this too sick dummy podcast <laughs> uh so if you were a part of uh zion's crew um his council would you advise him to play? I mean, obviously he can do what he wants. It's his life. Um, but would you advise him to to play or would you advise him to uh, go ahead and pack it up and just get ready for the draft? Uh, if I was his counsel, I would definitely advise him not. If I was his dad, I would, I would definitely caution him. We would probably have a pretty intense conversation about him finishing the season because I don't think it benefits him at all. I mean, I think of players like Harry Giles, who didn't necessarily mess up his knee you know, playing college, he did it in high school, as well as Michael Porter. Um, those two cats were supposed to be the number one picks, and they got pretty severe injuries that held them back. Now, they both end up getting picked late in the first round, but in the NBA going later in the first round, it's harder to break the rotation. You kind of set back. So it kind of stunts your whole growth as an NBA player, and that can cost you millions because you only have about four years to prove yourself. So any type of injury can be devastating to – um to zion and especially with the fact that zion tore his acl when he was like a junior in high school it was incredible that he was back dunking and he recovered like he did like a mutant but just to sure i i just i wouldn't risk it man winning a championship what is that in comparison to going number one pick i mean is it worth it i don't think it is yeah i mean i totally agree with you um i you know now, I'm not going to say what it means to the players as far as what winning a national championship may mean, but um, I can't remember as a college, as a casual college basketball fan, um, you know, who won the last year's title. I think it was Villanova. I definitely don't know who won the year before that or the year before that, just because, in my opinion, college basketball or college sports in general just doesn't mean as much to me, um, especially from a standpoint where I'm looking at a Zion Williamson or um, a lot of these guys who are projected to go high in the NFL, if you're not playing it for the national championship or for a, you know, a big time game, I'd shut it down. I mean, you're worth millions of dollars. Why would you do that? Yeah, and it becomes a business decision. I mean, that's what it's basically about. You are a commodity. 
Um, whether we want to look at it like that or not, I mean, they are human beings, but at the end of the day, they're a commodity and they're a, a million dollar commodity. They, they could one day become a billion dollar commodity. So you have to protect yourself. You have to protect your career. And I don't really think it's working for college basketball either. As you just said, you're not as invested as you used to be because these players aren't going to stick around. What's the point of me investing my time into watching a team and a player that you're just going to have a whole new cast of players next year? I mean, that's kind of the that's kind of the problem. I think the NCAA sees that as a problem too. I saw, uh, I read somewhere where Condoleezza Rice is on like the NCAA committee or something, and they said that it's not working. So they're looking into reducing the age from 19 to 18. But the problem is with the collective bargaining agreement, they can't put that into effect until like 2022. So no matter what we think, no matter what's happening, they can't put in the take out the one and done rule until 2022 when it's renegotiated i think that's kind of dumb there should be a way to do an amendment but you know i don't know how contracts between a union works yeah well and i'm not even sure that the players are going to agree to it because that's more money out of their pocket and that's guys that are coming in to take their jobs one year sooner so um i'm not well, the sure players are they're, they're already for it i mean They've always, they've kind of been for it because, I mean, a lot of these players um, felt like that's what should have happened. Um, the players' union is for it. It's really been, it really was an in, um, a, a NBA type thing, and it was a, a thing where the players was just like, yes, at that point in time because they were watering down the league. But it's a lot better than it was back in, like, 99. I think we can both agree with that. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, that that is where the NBA kind of screwed itself because, man, the, everybody was coming from high school. And you saw that um, the talent pool from the early 2000s was just pure garbage. I mean, that was probably the weakest talent pool that, you know, probably in the NBA since like the 50s or 60s. I mean, it was just bad. Yeah, I think that they need to, if you're going to allow kids, I think they're going to have to put in some different rules. It's really going to help that the D League is now, I mean, the G League is now more the advertising thing, Gatorade. But anyway, it really helps that the G League is cooperating a lot more with the NBA and it's more of a joint unit because now these kids have another avenue if they can't go to college, a way to still have an avenue into the league and show their talent. I still think if you enter the draft, you should be able to go back to school if you don't hire an agent. Um, but why are you entering the draft if you're not hiring an agent? Because it probably means you're not confident enough that you're going to go lottery. So it probably means you should go to college. Yeah, and look, man, I there are people on uh, on the other side of the fence that are just like, well, we shouldn't have to pay the athletes because they get a free uh, scholarship and education. Like, look, man, a lot of these guys, and it's not, I mean, the majority of athletes are there and they go to school, they, they you know, use it as an education. But for your top tier athletes, I mean, these guys, especially in the NBA, they're on campus for six months. I mean, Zion has no loyalty to Duke. You know what I mean? Kyrie plays six games for Duke. I, I don't even know why he acknowledges Duke. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. Like, oh, you get it? Yeah, you do, I guess, theoretically. But on the other hand, if you give me $1 million and I fail in the, <laughs> and I fail in the uh, NBA, I think I can make it work. Call me crazy, but you give me a million dollars, I probably can make it work. So I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of lot of athletes that went broke. So uh, <laughs> yeah, but know. if but if I I mean those probably aren't the athletes that's gonna get a million dollars and say, hey, you know what? I'm gonna go back to college to get my business degree and use this million dollars. So <laughs> there's that also. So Jim Beheim, um, 
I guess was riding down the street, or excuse me, was on the on the highway, and um, a guy who just been involved in an accident was walking down the road, and Jim Beheim hit him and killed the guy. Um, really tragic news coming out of Syracuse. Yeah, it kind of is because I mean the situation that they're describing can kind of happen to anybody. I mean that's oh absolutely yeah that kind of terrifies me all the time when I'm like driving and then somebody has on like dark colors on the highway. And then you pass by him and like, shit, I didn't even see him. And right. then, you know, luckily he didn't have any alcohol in his system. He hadn't been drinking, which I would hope because shit, he was coming from a game. <laughs> so right. I would hope he was sober. But, um, yeah, it's just a tragic situation. And a, the dude that got hit was already in an accident. They said there was some ice involved. I hadn't gotten all the details to figure it out. But it just seems like it's a, a terrible situation. You think this will affect him at all? During the, I couldn't imagine killing somebody. Yeah, I tell you, uh, you know, I almost hit a guy one time, and it shook me for a couple days. I, like, I legitimately came within, like, six inches of hitting this guy. Um, and like you said, he was wearing all black in the middle of the night, and I, I did not see him. He just kind of appeared. And the the wind from my car, like, brushed his jet, like, like uh, made his it – was, it was very close, and it shook me for a second. I could not imagine actually hitting a guy and killing him. Uh, uh, it would – it would weigh on me pretty heavily. So, um, you know, it's a pretty serious situation. I, it's unfortunate all around, but, um, you know, hopefully it's kind of hard to talk about college basketball or if he's going to recover when, when a man lost his life. Yeah, it, it kind of seems insignificant with someone losing a loved one, someone losing their life. And um, it's one of those hard situations because I don't know how the family feels about it. I don't know if the family wants justice, but can you really, you know, you, if you if there's no foul play and they can't find any foul play involved in it, then maybe, I mean, you go unpunished or somebody kills one of your siblings and they go unpunished. This seems like a real, real hard situation. But then again, Dante Stallworth was like high, drunk, coming from a club, and he hit somebody. So did he even get any yeah, he time? he smoked a dude. Uh, I think he got probation or something. Same thing with Brandy uh, when she ran some cat over and killed him too. Um, moral of the story is don't be walking around in the middle of the night. No. I mean, this guy couldn't help it, but um, you know that. It, Man, I'm out. Have you ever had like your car had like a flat on the highway, and you had to like sit on the side of the road and like change your tire? Yep. That mm-hmm. shit is terrifying. And all it takes is one person not paying attention to smoke you, and uh, that, that's yep. it. That's all she wrote. All right, man. Let's um. Let's kind of transition here to uh, Days of Our Lives, um, or as we should call it, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Steeler Nation. Just just drama town up in, in uh, Pittsburgh. What the hell is going on? You know, quietly, Steelers has always been kind of a lightning rod for, you know, some negativity, embedded racism, and all that stuff. And it's, a, it's funny, because, you know, the Rooney rule is put in because of that, but... On the flip side, they do keep their coaches for like 25 years, so I don't even know if you can blame them for that. I mean, once they get one, they're going to keep them for like 20 years. Um, But this situation looks bad, and it looks like it's all surrounded by the arrogance of Ben Roethlisberger to me. Uh, From an Antonio Brown standpoint, probably, but, uh, you know, I just realized that you put in the show notes Anthony Brown. (laughs) What did I say? (laughs) Anthony Brown. Yeah, I did write that down. I'm just watching. I'm just <laughs> <looking at that. laughs> I did write Anthony Brown. You just, 
Just give him a name. Uh, hey, you know me and names don't always go hand in hand. <laughs> I think that's a well-known fact by now. What'd you call uh, Zion yesterday? You called him Zion Wilson. Zion Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like uh-huh. I said before on this show, they don't deserve my respect yet. I apologize to Antonio Man. Brown, though. Damn, he, he's one of the, what, top 10 receivers yeah, all time? Yeah. And he, I, that's why I apologize to him. I'm not apologizing <laughs> to Zion. You know, he hadn't earned it yet. Uh, Zion Wilson out here dominating. <laughs> um, but, man, look, no matter what's going on with uh, with the team that is Pittsburgh, there's no excuse for Antonio Brown to be walking around in, in full mink coats, uh, a, a full beard, and a blonde mustache like he's been drinking pee or something. I, I I can't get behind this. Yeah, definitely his fashion choices. I mean, I got I got some claims about Antonio Brown and Floyd Mayweather with the whole Gucci thing. I mean, I don't want to get into it on the podcast, but yeah, <laughs> I, I have problems with his fashion. But I, I tend to agree with all these players. I think all of the Pittsburgh Steelers' problems internally in the locker room have come from Ben Roethlisberger, and it's it's been like trying to keep it quiet. I just think Antonio Brown is the one to actually speak on it and say something about it. But I think it's always been like a double standard. You know it's a double standard with quarterbacks anyway. But I just think with Ben Roethlisberger, it's always been a double standard. I mean, if you just think about think well, about Le'Veon. Le'Veon uh, failed the drug screen like two times. And he's just, oh, bad character, blah, blah, blah. He's this, that, and the other. But any other time he produces on the field, he's not a problem. Yeah, he got caught smoking weed or whatever ben roethlisberger was literally accused of like raping chicks in the bathroom you never heard that ever say that he was like a bad guy twice like twice young college girls and what was like 26 27 at this time Mm -hmm. and he's raping like date raping college girls not allegedly but still you never even heard any question about his character there was never pittsburgh always supported him wholeheartedly whenever it came to contract negotiations that wasn't brought up obviously and it's unfair well um then you had the gm that came out and said that ben's the leader of the team the or i should say the unquestioned leader of the team um and that he's got 52 kids under him and obviously that pissed everyone off because those are grown men in that locker room grown men who have kids in that locker room and you know former players have come out that played for the Steelers like Ryan Clark or uh you know James Harrison have said look Ben Roethlisberger is not the leader in that locker room he has no idea how to be a leader and um you know so it's just it's some whatever's going on in Pittsburgh it's a, just a flat out mess right now um we know Le'Veon Bell is gone I'm assuming Antonio Brown is out of there it's kind of like he's trying to light that bridge on fire he's trying to make um, sure that it's just gonna be such a train wreck if he goes in there and I and I, I believe they believe him because even when he was kind of on good terms it was always questionable so yeah, he, he was all <laughs> yeah he's always you know that that wild card that could just set it off at any point did so. he like uh live bro broadcast like a mike brown uh speech where he was cursing yeah i mean just crazy stuff he was facebook live i mean and then you had mike tom that had to come in there and was like look man (laughs) stop being stupid Um, i definitely yeah i agree i definitely think that Le'Veon and i'm not Le'Veon. i definitely think antonio brown's gone and just because of the bad press they're not gonna transition tag and franchise tag Le'Veon bell again which is excellent that shouldn't even be a thing that owners can do but 
So I'm glad Le'Veon's free. I'm interested to see what happens with Antonio Brown. I didn't think they would trade him because there's like a shitload of dead money. And if you don't know what dead money is, it's pretty much guaranteed money that they've already played the receiver that they can't get back. So when they trade him, it's going to sit on the cap as like they're paying a guy that's not playing for them. And that's typically not what teams want to do. So you have to be a real problem for a team to be willing to give up $22 million and basically cap for a year with a player that's not playing for him. Well, and Antonio Brown came out and said that as soon as he gets traded, he wants to immediately renegotiate his deal uh, for more guaranteed money. I mean, the dude's 30 years old. Is he only 30? I thought he was older than 30. He's 30. 30 or 31, but... Uh, I mean, he still is an elite receiver, but I mean, I'm not paying a dude thirty million dollars. Uh, that's thirty one years old, uh, not a position Hold player. On, he wants more guaranteed money. I thought that he just he just yep. signed like two years ago, right? Yeah, but he wants more guaranteed yeah, money. Y'all can have that. And I'm, <laughs> so I don't want those problems. I wonder what the Steelers are going to do. I mean, is this where they do they blow it up? You know, uh, you know, because Ben's on his last leg. You've got some. I mean, a young stud and Juju. Um, you can build around James Conner, even though I don't care what anybody says, James Conner is not Le'Veon Bell. And you can, you saw that the latter half of the season, um, where his production just tanked. But, uh, um, I actually, I actually he's, like, he's no uh, what's his name? Jalen? Uh, what's the other cat on, on the other running back? Oh, uh, Jalen Hurts. Not, not Jalen Hurts. You worse than me. Who's Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts played for Alabama. Oh, Jalen Samuels. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Yeah, Jalen's. Who's Jalen Hurts again? Uh, Who's Jalen Hurts? He played Alabama, Alabama quarterback, the new Boomer Sooner OU quarterback. Oh, yeah. You you, you got me out here sounding like Charles Barkley. <laughs> Who he play for? Yeah. Now, I like Jalen Samuels. I actually think Jalen Samuels is a better running back than uh, James Conner. But, I mean, even if you just go to a combination of um, Jalen Samuels and um, – uh, I just lost his name uh, – James Conner, then – and you have Juju on the outside. You have James Washington. You have some young receivers. But, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is a lot like Aaron Rodgers, just a pure asshole. I mean, I watched this season where Aaron Rodgers is literally cussing his receivers out when he's overthrowing balls. But then none of them have any type of legitimacy to ever say anything back. So whenever there's a bad pass, they're going off on him. That's one of my biggest problems with uh, Ben Roethlisberger is that I don't believe that he had he has the right to be calling these dudes out because he's just as much of a problem as any of them. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, all right, so I don't I don't like to force football topics on on the podcast when it's not football season. So you got anything else? Because I'm tired of the NFL. Oh, real quick, I will say, have you? I I, got, I have a question. Now, you know how I feel about subpar football or sports okay. in general. Have have you watched any of the AAFL or was that what it's called AAF? I have not yet, but it's not because I'm against watching mediocre football. Truthfully, I just keep forgetting that it's on, and I don't even know where it's on at. I will watch it. I just don't remember. I never remember that it's on to even go look for it to watch it. But I've been planning on watching it, even though it sounds like it's terrible. But <laughs> from all the the highlights I've seen on the twitters. Uh, it's bad, real bad. Michael Jackson, like it, it's it's not. Uh, it I don't you know I don't know why I've been saying that lately. Um, stealing Kanye's lines, but maybe I'll, I'll yeah, stop. You probably that. should uh, with the whole Kanye West being crazy. You got Finding Neverland coming out on HBO. You might want to revamp your speech here shortly. 
but no, I don't watch bad football. I, and in that regard, I am like Charles Barkley, who I, I'm convinced does not watch the NBA at all. But from what I hear, though, <laughs> is these old school people should like it. It's just ground and pound football. It's not a lot of throwing it around, mostly because you don't have a real quarterback there. So a lot of just running yeah, the Christian ball. Christian Hackenberg times. is a star. Um. All right, let's get to let's get to the good. Oh, part hold on, we, had we, we skipped the some juicy news. Oh the yeah, Ro- Rooney. Go on, Rooney got caught soliciting a prostitute. No, no, not Rooney. Get the man's not name Rooney. right. No, you got no. us out here. See, yeah. two two big yeah. ass dummies yeah. is what we're gonna be called. Definitely off to a bad start. Pat's owner, Robert, Robert Kraft. Kraft, got caught soliciting a prostitute in Jupiter, Florida. Now. I haven't been to Jupiter, Florida. Where's Jupiter? Like, do they have like some high class prostitutes? Because it doesn't sound like a town that would have like the high class, classy prostitutes that you would think in Jupiter, Florida. I don't know because it's a very, it's a very rich part of Florida. I mean, that's where a lot of millionaires. In, I think that's where Tiger Woods got Is caught it? up was in Jupiter. Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. I, I could be so, wrong. So if that's the case, you got classy hoes. If there. That's the case. Then wouldn't that be like? So it's not like you're soliciting them on the street. This would have to be like at a bar. So this would be like a sting, right? Probably. I mean, and now look at you. What do you do if you rob me? You're a billionaire. He been hanging out with me too damn long. <laughs> well, I just thought that was interesting because if this was a player, they'd be getting killed in the news. And I just wonder how the NFL is going to handle this. We all know they're not going to do anything, but I just like to point out these situations because if it's one of the players, they'd be like animals. Look at them. Criminals. They're all <laughs> animals on the field. Can't control themselves while owners are getting drunk and uh, soliciting prostitutes and beating women. But, yeah. You know, just another day in the yeah, NFL. NFL. <laughs> So, all right, man, we had All-Star Weekend this past weekend, and I don't know about you, but I do not watch the All-Star game, um, not even for a second. Uh, but I do check out the dunk contest, the skills challenge, basically everything Saturday night, Friday, don't care about Sunday, don't care about. Um, was And this All-Star game was apparently the lowest rated in years. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty bad. I mean, a lot of times the All-Star, um, the All-Star weekend part, the, the dunk contest part, it's going to be bad if you don't have signature names. So I knew that was going to be a bad dunk contest just by the names in it. Don't get me wrong. Dennis Smith Jr. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce the dude from Oklahoma City's name. Diallo. Yeah, Diallo. him. Um, John Collins. They all can jump out the gym. But there was no name to be like, ooh, I need to go watch this. The most exciting thing was probably going to be the three-point contest, which it was. Three-point contest was pretty exciting. It was pretty good competition. But, no, I mean, if you don't have signature names in that dunk contest, then that weekend's always going to be horrible. It's been proven. Uh, it's only been a couple of times where it hadn't. I mean, I guess you can go to the Jason Richardson dunk contest, and you can go to the Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine dunk contest. But uh, Underrated. You said overrated. I said oh, underrated. I was about to say, we're about to have a big argument on here. <laughs> yeah, underrated. I agree. So, other than that, uh, all star week. I mean, all star game. You know, it is what it is. It's better than the Pro Bowl, but you kind of know what it is. The high class pickup game. A lot of oops, three pointers. Um, the one thing I did like about that is just the sheer dominance of the Greek Freak. Man, that dude is like Anthony Davis and LeBron James mixed in one. It's just incredible to watch him on a regular basis. Yeah, I watched him play last night um, against Boston. I mean. The dude, the dude's incredible. He's like a runaway train when he gets uh, ahead of steam. I mean, 
it's it's pretty nuts to see. Uh, he's one of my favorite players to just you know when you're on when you're surfing around league pass. He he's definitely up there on my list of players to where I'm I'm just, I have to watch. Yeah, I was just watching when he was playing uh Boston how. You know, they had Al Horford guarding him. But you got to guard him with a different person on a different team because he's so – the combination of size and strength is so incredible that you have to put different types of people on him to play it on the team. Like, so Boston put Al Horford on him because Al Horford has good footwork. But in another game, it might be a point guard on him. In another game, it might be a small forward. It's just the craziest thing because it doesn't matter who you put on him. He's going to be unstoppable. And his dominance in the lane is just incredible the way he dunks the ball. He's really old school. If he develops a consistent jump shot, which I hate saying that about NBA players, especially ones that's been in the league for like eight, nine years. Like, you should have a jump shot by now, dude. If you can just get consistent on shooting the ball, he's literally unstoppable. One step back shot. That's it. One consistent step back jumper. And nobody can guard him at all. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And, uh, you know, and he'll get there. Even if it doesn't have to be a three-point shot, it's just got to be something that, you know, I heard Reggie Miller talking about this a little bit during the game last night, that if he could just develop that mid-range game like a Dwayne Wade or a Kobe Bryant, I mean, the dude's going to be unstoppable. Yeah, because he can get position at any time. I mean, right now, you know, I'm comparing him to LeBron and I'm comparing him to Anthony Davis. But, I mean, one step-back jumper, one jumper where he can get it off like Dirk or Kevin Durant, and now that's what I'm saying. He's literally unstoppable because you can't stop his jump shot if he can actually make it. I mean, he gets in the lane easier than anybody I've ever seen, like, as a guard because he's dominant in the lane like Shaq, but he can get in the lane like any of these quick guards. I mean, you got small forwards. They put they switched, and Marcus Morris was on him, and Marcus Morris was literally standing, like, four feet back like he was guarding a guard. You know what I mean? Like, that's how quick Giannis is. So all he needs is a jump shot. I don't want to harp on that, but since we're talking about it, what do you think about the Bucks, man? Are the Bucks are the Bucks serious? They're right now, they have what the the second best record in the league or something. They've got no, they got the, the best first record best. in the league. The, they, yeah, they've got the best overall record. Um, in the they're um, two games ahead of Toronto right now. They all but have the number one seed locked up for the Eastern Conference. Um, that's that's a good team, man. I don't think they're you know I don't think they're they're fraudulent, man. What you think? I agree with you. I think that they're a real good team, and they got better during the trade deadline. Um, getting uh, Nikola Mirotic, um, you know, uh, Ersan Ilyasova is coming back healthy. Um, you know, Chris Middleton was an All Star this year. Eric Bledsoe is playing well in a contract year. Brooke Lopez was a great addition. Uh, they really, uh, you know, and they the, the thing that they have that can bother a team like a Golden State if they were to meet in the finals. They've got length. They're long, um, and everyone plays. Uh, you know, they can really guard every position. But they can switch um, so I would be ex- now the only thing that I and the they, only thing that bothered them before was outside shooting. So that's why adding um Ersine coming back, um and Meritage coming out there. I mean that's that's big because Meritage has the size and the shooting ability. That's that's still a long athletic team, and you put the shooters around him, yeah, it could be a, a scary team in the playoffs, and a scary team, you're right, for a team like Golden State, because they've always given Golden State problems. Yeah, that's the one team that they struggle with, so yeah, I, I mean, I think Milwaukee's for real, and quietly, they have built this this juggernaut, this beast in the East that, you know, the only downside of it is every every player on that team, except for Giannis, is a free agent after this year, so... Um, but can we know. give some credit to, uh, what is it, Budenheiser? That's how, is that how you pronounce his name? 
Budenholzer, yeah. That dude's a good coach. Yep. He he can a real yeah, good he coach. can take players that are unsuccessful in other places and just make them fit the system. He was the coach when the Hawks had those great records, right? And um all five of the starters went to the, the um the All Star game. Uh yeah. Yeah, when when Joe Johnson and everybody was there, yeah, he was Yeah, so he's really good at getting players to play team basketball and finding a fit. People, like, he's that's one thing that's underrated in the NBA is, like, a team like Houston. Houston to get a bunch of players, but it always seems like they're limited and they're out of their role and they're doing things that don't fit. He's really good at making players be comfortable and playing their style. Like with as deep as you just said, everybody in that offense looks very comfortable. And he's okay with it. Like he's not trying to force Brooke Lopez to play under the goal and take, you know, post moves. He lets him stay on the outside, shoot threes, and block shots. And he looks more comfortable than he's ever looked in his career. Eric Bledsoe just does his thing. Like it's just it's just a great thing to watch. Boring basketball. I would say that, unless Giannis is, like, dunking on dudes. Other than that, it's hard for me to watch Milwaukee, but great basketball in the same note. It's like watching the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. Um, so, on the flip side of this superstar, you've got Anthony Davis and the New Orleans Pelicans, who are just a complete mess right now. And Anthony Davis, as great as he is, um, I think that Rich Paul kind of screwed him over. Uh, with the advice that he gave him, I mean, to demand that you want to be traded a year and a half before your contract up is up, you you kind of have no leverage. And then to only come out and say that, hey, I, I just want to be traded to the Lakers, um, you know, you've got no leverage in this uh, in this situation. And then before the game or before the uh, All Star game, you hurt your shoulder, a shoulder contusion, and uh, you leave the arena at halftime with your agent. That, I mean, not a good look, dude. Not, and I, I'm an Anthony Davis fan, great player, and up to this point has been, you know, a really good leader for that organization. But this is not a good look. How do you, how do you go back to your teammates and get them to try to play hard with you and for you uh, the rest of the season? It's just, it's it's a mess. Yeah, I definitely think it's a mess. It's a horrible situation. All parties involved are wrong at this point. I mean, they've all just made this a, a train wreck. Um, Anthony Davis leaving the stadium, though, I, I thought one of the stories was that he left with Rich Paul, which you, you shouldn't have done. But apparently he told Dale Demps, and Dale Demps didn't relate that to anyone. And that's one of the reasons why Dale Demps got fired, because Anthony Davis and Rich Paul contacted Dale Demps and told him, but they didn't inform Gentry, so Gentry didn't know. So when he's when Gentry's asked about it, you know, he makes a comment, I don't know what's going on. I didn't know he left. But Dale Demps was aware. So that's one of the reasons, just failure in communication, failure in how you handle the situation. It's just been an overall failure in Dale Demps' case. You know what I mean? So it was justified that he was left. I, a lot of people thought it's because Dale Demps didn't take the Lakers deal. That's for sure not the reason. Because that's a no, they, he did yeah, the right that's thing. That's a Pelicans decision. They they don't want to take that Lakers deal. They don't want to funnel them to the Lakers. They they have uh, animosity towards the Lakers. And I think they will take less just to get him away from the Lakers and make Anthony Davis wait a whole year before going, which is a strategic move for any team because at that point, LeBron James is going to be like 37 years old, possibly out of the playoffs for two years. Does Anthony Davis really want to go to that situation? I don't know. But as far as everything else, you're right, man. Um, Rich Paul, they overplayed their hand. They thought that they were they could kind of bully the Pelicans because Anthony Davis is their only star. But as I said, man, they're not dealing with the traditional 
ownership group. They're dealing with NFL owners, man, and that's the problem. They don't value the same things that they do in the NBA. They're not, you know, protecting a player like that. And out of spite, they do a lot of different things, just like Le'Veon. Let them sit for a year. That's the type of thing NFL owners do, and that's what Rich Paul and quote-unquote LeBron ran into and in trying to force their way to L.A. And I think it just put a bad taste in their mouth, and now they might have screwed up their chance of even getting L.A. unless they want to just completely drain themselves of any assets for the next, like, seven or eight years. They're going to make them overpay, in my opinion. Well, I mean, and honestly, what do the Lakers have? There's there's no one on the Lakers I'd rather have over Jason Tatum. There's no one on the Lakers I'd rather have over uh, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier. I mean, I, I'm a big Lonzo Ball fan. For me, um, Brandon Ingram is just whatever. I don't think he'll ever be an all-star. I think he could be a very good role player. Um, I like Kuzma. I don't know that his ceiling is much higher than it is at this point right now. I like Josh Hart. I don't know that his ceiling is much. I, I would rather have, I can build a team around Jason Tatum. I can build a team around Jalen Brown because I think Jalen Brown's only going to get better. Um, so there's there's nothing that the Lakers have on top of the draft picks that the Celtics can offer that is a better package for, for a, re, a team that's going to have to rebuild. Yeah, I mean, I disagree. I mean, I even though they haven't shown it, uh, may not have shown it. I mean, I like Tatum. I don't know. I mean, you're going to disagree, but I feel like players like Tatum, you can find players like Tatum. And what I mean is Tatum's a pure score. You know, he's saucy. He's fun to watch, but he's a pure score. I don't know if you put Tatum on a real rebuilding team that Tatum can carry a team. Like, I just think that he may just be a really good scorer. I really like the things that Brandon Ingram has shown in his development. I think he's still developing. I mean, as tall and long as he is, he's starting to remind me a lot of Kevin Durant. Um, he can handle the ball. He's been in the point guard situation. He does a lot. Lonzo Ball will be the piece that I really want because you take him away from the Lakers and LeBron, I think he can really be the jail of the team. But if he doesn't. I do agree with that. I'm, I'm all in on Lonzo. But if he doesn't want to be there, then that's kind of a problem because now you have a disgruntled Lonzo Ball and it's not a market where his dad wants him at. So you have problems there. You don't have the Lakers. You're not the Lakers. You can't control LeVar Ball now. I mean, if, you're, if you're, uh, uh, Lonzo gets to the Pelicans, then you're going to see a whole – you're not going to see this quiet LeVar Ball that you've seen. You're going to see the LeVar Ball when – before he got to the NBA. And that's going to be a big problem in the locker room. I like Kuzma. That's a really good piece. Um, but as you said, the draft picks are the biggest problem for me. Rebuilding teams need draft picks. And the Celtics don't own their draft picks. If you give someone Anthony Davis, theoretically, that team gets better. Now your draft picks suck. So, I mean, I'm if, if I can get two or three of those lottery picks or potential lottery picks from the Celtics and give me Jason Tatum, then that you're right. To That trumps what I get from the Lakers because I can kind of control who I draft. You know what I mean? I'm not just taking what you give me. I have more potential of upside in my opinion. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I actually, like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in on Tatum. I think that his growth has been a little bit stunted due to Kyrie uh, being back. And we need to talk about that situation a little bit. Um, the Celtics are a mess. And I think that they are probably about ready to drive Kyrie to the airport um, and, you know, because I do think that they've stunted the growth of that team. You had Rozier playing very well last year. You had um, uh, Jason Tatum playing well. You had Jalen Brown playing well. And it looks like 
none of those guys can grow with a guy like Kyrie around. Kyrie, another guy you talk about, someone who's not a leader. Kyrie kind of fits that bill as someone who's not a natural-born leader. I don't agree with that. I just think people are reading so much into it. I mean, if you – last year when Kyrie was there, no one was saying this. I mean, they were the second seed. They were all gelling, but everyone knew their roles. This is always going to be a problem when you insert people and then they don't know their roles. So when Kyrie and Horford and they went down and they were forced to learn how to play without Kyrie – then their roles changed. People took on larger roles. Jalen Brown took on a larger role. He was no longer just a 3 and D guy. He wasn't comfortable with that. Now you add back in your star in Kyrie. You add Marcus Morris, put him a bigger role. You know what I mean? Marcus Smart just got paid. So now he's starting. He has a bigger role. It's bigger than just Kyrie. Everyone's focusing on Kyrie because he's a star as they should. But Gordon Hayward came back. He's on a max contract. Has to play. You got uh, Marcus Smart. He just got paid. You got to play him, you know, in a certain role. You can't just not play him some nights. So people are roles are changing. And what a good coach does is he tries to find a comfortable fit for him. I don't think this is going to be a problem in the playoffs. I just think they're trying to find the best roles for this team. And all this is is an audition for the playoffs. But I think um, Brad will figure it out. Brad Stevens will figure it out. He's a great coach. All he's doing is trying to find roles. What's the best roles to fit everyone and make them comfortable? Kind of like we were talking about with the Bucks. They've already kind of found theirs. They were losing when they when they had a chance to find it. But you you have high expectations of the Celtics. So I think the Celtics will find their roles and they'll be dangerous. They're already starting to kind of fit in those roles. Kyrie just has to become more efficient. But he's been great over the last like seven games. Yeah, I uh I'm not so sure. Um, I, I think that I, I if you're Kyrie, can't you just shut up? Stop all the, I mean, the whining, the young guys this, the media that. Just shut so up. Why, why is it like, like that, that when Kyrie says it? But, you know, Marcus, Mar- Marcus, uh, Marcus Morris is less than Kyrie. He said it. Marcus Smart has said it. Like, he's not the only person that has said it. Al Horford kind of alluded to it. Like, but they're not blaming well, the young he, guys he's, specifically. He's, what what Marcus Morris is saying is that this is not a fun locker room, even when we're winning. Um, you know that that's what he's saying, and that's because I mean it's just a contentious situation. You had a guy in Kyrie who said, "Yeah, I want to be a Celtic forever," or whatever the hell he said, and then six months later, he's like, "Yeah, I don't know if I want to be here." He didn't necessarily, uh, which is say his that. right he just to do. Said, I don't know what I'm gonna I do mean, on July more or less. Like so. You got to also take into account, like, these reporters are sticking cameras in their faces, sticking mics in their faces, and literally asking them the same question every single day. Oh, and I agree. I think the media is lazy, and, and they're perpetuating this entire situation. But, you know, again, but if you're Kyrie, just But everything up. I've heard coming from the Celtics is they're not even worried about that, though. Well, yeah, because they, they have an asset. that <laughs> <laughs> they, they I mean, you know. Business wise, they can't say, especially if they're trying to trade some of these cats next year or in the off season, they can't say, "Yeah, we got problems," because then you got to give them away for a discount. So yeah, of course, everything's well, gonna be hockey dory. Based on uh, Danny Ainge's history, he probably sides with Kyrie because he kind of hates young players. So it's more on the young players to prove Kyrie wrong than it is on Kyrie, because I think Kyrie would be more of a priority than Jason Tatum. I know you disagree. Or any of those young guys, because Danny Ainge is trying to win now. He's not trying to wait to develop. And what Tatum is right now isn't a Tatum where I can get rid of Kyrie and just be good with having Tatum and go to the championship. So I don't disagree with Kyrie saying, I mean, part of being a leader is calling people out. You have to take into account that Kyrie learned from LeBron. 
So, I mean, he was tutored by LeBron, and this is kind of LeBron's style. They won with that. They were consistent winners with that. Calling people out in public, I mean, it's no different than what Phil Jackson did. Calling people out in the media, calling people out in the public, you think that motivates everybody? It doesn't. It destroys some players, but, I mean, that's that's that was his tutelage. So, speaking of LeBron and the Lakers, got a big win last night. Um, turned out to be a really entertaining game against the Rockets. Um do you think the Lakers make the not, playoffs? But I never did. <laughs> like, I never thought they were going to make a playoffs. I mean, you added LeBron. Um, yeah, you know, he's worth a, he's typically worth a 30-game win share. So they were like 12 games off. So the mathematics lined up. But none of that accounted for him being in the West. And anybody that really watches basketball, and don't just say LeBron's the most dominant person, you know that the West is a gauntlet. I mean, one through like twelve, you have to play those players. They'll play those teams that you may look up, look at, and be bums. And every night, it's a problem. Um, so, well, but you also have to take into account I, the Lakers were the fourth seed when LeBron James got hurt. He missed eighteen games, and that kind of, you know, set their season on fire. I mean, and obviously, and they're they are God, man, they are terrible defensively, especially without Lonzo Ball. But another perspective um, is in the East. He didn't have to exert so much energy. He had he got the rest a lot more. Um, he could take games off and kind of coast for wins. So maybe part of him getting hurt and part of him being able to be so reliable is because he was in the East, and now that he's in the West where he can't just relax any game or they'll get blown out by 30, proving that you can play the Brooklyn Nets and LeBron Coast, they're getting beat by 30. <laughs> so he has to go all out every night, and that's, that could be part of the issue too. Yeah. Um, I, I'm i with you I don't think they make the playoffs um, I am also with you on these young kings uh, I, I like what they're doing there I think that they'll get that 8th seed um, I was watching the game against Houston last night and um, the Lakers just aren't good they don't have the shooters um, no one on the team can shoot except for Reggie Bullock who they just got um, at the trade deadline and he was knocking them down left and right LeBron likes him. He's going to feed him. But, man, they don't have that that traditional shooter that LeBron always has, needs, whether it be Mike Miller, Ray Allen, Shane Battier, uh, even, you know, back in the day like a, a Booby Gibson. So yeah, I was, uh, uh, I was joking with my uh, friends on All-Star game, uh, All-Star weekend. I was like, shit, man, Joe Harris might have got himself a buyout. <laughs> Joe Harris putting up those numbers in the three-point contest. Rich Paul might be on the phone with the Brooklyn saying that LeBron will pay his buyout right now to get him on the Lakers. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. And um, so I don't think the Lakers make the playoffs. Man, I don't know what this does for the Lakers because I don't think that they land a KD, a Kawhi, um, a Kyrie. I don't think they get any of these big stars in the offseason, and I don't think that that, um, that the Pelicans are going to trade uh, Anthony Davis to them. So yeah, I, mean, I, I, I what agree. Do you do? I agree. I've been trying to map this out for people – for a while now i could be wrong but it's, it's not it's not looking good for the lakers i mean let's just kind of go through it quick but if you got lebron right now lebron right now they're behind the clippers by three games essentially maybe like two and a half after that win they have the fourth toughest schedule in the league going forward 16 of their 25 games are against teams that are currently in the playoffs and their last they've got the fourth hardest schedule in the league yeah, what did i say i said the fourth toughest Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, they have the fourth toughest uh, schedule. The last five games of the season will be at OKC, Golden State, 
Clippers, Utah, and Portland. That's their last five games in the season, and they're trying to make up grounds on the Clippers. So it's, it's an uphill battle for these dudes, to say the least. So if you let's say they don't make the playoffs. They don't make the playoffs. Then you go into free agent. You go into the free agency. You're chasing KD. KD's obviously not coming. If you look at his comments, then your your next goal is to get Kawhi. I don't know that Kawhi wants to play with LeBron. I think he goes to the Clippers. After that, who are you chasing? You gonna go get Chris Middleton? But do you wanna do you wanna um, use that cap? Because the next problem is if you don't trade for Anthony Davis, that means that you're gonna have to use a max contract to sign him. So now you have to hold cap room for Anthony Davis because you're not getting the bird rights trade exception, blah, blah, blah. You're gonna have to use cap. You already got a max contract with LeBron. Now you have to save one if you think that Anthony Davis is coming. And then you have to go the next season with this same team that didn't make the playoffs with an older LeBron. Let's say they don't make the playoffs the second year. LeBron's 37 years old. Is, is KD, I mean, is um, AD definitely going to sign with them? Nope. <laughs> That's I mean, it doesn't look good for the Lakers in my eyes. Now, I guess Kawhi can go, but it, even if Kawhi signs this year, you just signed him with a max contract. So now you have two max contracts on your roster. You see what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't look like a great situation. That's why I think they had to make this play for AD because they are looking, and anybody that knows how the cap works, they needed to trade for AD. They have, they kind of have to trade for him, or they're going to sign three max contracts with cap. That means you can't get no supporting cast, and you ain't signing none of these players in extension. You're losing Brandon Ingram because you can't even hold their rights. I mean, it's just, or the cap is just going to be crazy. Yeah, so I don't know what the Lakers do. Um, maybe they figure it out, but they, they've they got a situation on their hands. And LeBron's good either way, um, but they definitely have a, a, an interesting situation on their hands. He's good in um, life. I don't know if he's good with the team. <laughs> well, I, I I just mean his, his legacy is uh, cemented. Yeah. So, uh, you know. Uh, all right, man, before we get out of here, let's talk a little bit about the MVP race. Um in my mind, it's a three-way race between Giannis, James Harden, and uh, Paul George. And for me right now, Paul George is the favorite. Paul George is looking good, but it's hard to go against Giannis, though, because Giannis has the best record in the league playing for the Milwaukee Bucks. If you look at his co-stars on that team, he's pretty much carrying it old-school NBA style. I mean, you can give credit to Middleton, and yeah, he he made the all-star game on a leap year, but I don't think anybody believes Chris Middleton is a legit all-star. So, I mean, Gian- what Giannis is doing is crazy, man. He's averaging, what, 27 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, 1.5 steals, 1.5 blocks, and dunk on people every game. He's arrogant. He's nasty. He's everything that people wanted in LeBron. <laughs> he's yeah. what everybody wants um, LeBron to be. You know, but... Uh, Paul George, I mean, Russell Westbrook, and again, I'm not super impressed by the whole triple-double thing in today's NBA. I mean, Markel Fultz got a triple-double. Bro, Markel Fultz is talented. Don't, don't slander him. He's, he's coming okay, back. Okay, he's talented, but he ain't triple-double in 19, whatever. But he's you know. also hadn't had to – I'm not going to get – say this for another time. You're not going to slander Markel Fultz. All I'm saying is I'm not as impressed with the triple-double thing as I used to be. I think it's easier to obtain now. Um, but Russell Westbrook has been – boo-boo um for a lot of this year from a uh, from an efficiency scoring perspective now russell westbrook has been great at facilitating kind of taking a back seat i'll say this dude got like 12 straight triple triple doubles (laughs) 
Right. I mean, he's still d- doing great things. I mean, but when you're going five for 30 every night. He's not you know, taking Russell Westbrook will shoot you in. He'll shoot you right out this bitch, too. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but like I said, he's taking a backseat to Paul George. And Paul George has become, it's hard to say the best player on that team, but certainly the best player this year on that team. And he's the best player on that team because Russell Westbrook allows him to be the best player on the team. Let's get that straight. But no, no slander on Paul George. It's hard. It's hard to discount Paul George because what he's doing scoring wise and how he's uh, shooting and helping that team. But then you go to the flip side, that dude could be also considered for the p- defensive player of the year because he also guards the best player on the other team. He's been great on defense. He's been great on offense. And he has an outrageous stretch going on to put the OK Oklahoma City Thunder in third seed. And that's another scary matchup for um, for Golden State. I mean, they have potential if they can just get consistency from some of their role players. But they've quietly built a deep team. But Paul George is definitely in consideration, Giannis. And it's just funny, with the stretch that James Harden is putting on, he's what, like 32 straight games of plus 30? That's just not. Just got it got it by the chin of its chinny chin chin last night before yeah, it fouled so out. This is, this is what I don't like. So if we have if we have a discussion about Russell Westbrook, nine out of ten people are gonna tell me that he's stat padding, he's not efficient, he's this, that, and other. But then in that same conversation, these same people will applaud James Harden. We do know that this dude is definitely stat padding points, right? We all, we do realize this dude is oh, shooting no like doubt about nineteen it. threes a game. You know what I mean? Like even when they lose, he's going for his thirty. Like everything that you say about Russell Westbrook, I think, is legit about James Harden. But I don't hear that about James Harden. Um, but here's the thing. In a lot of those games, I would say that the the Rockets have needed every last point from uh, from James Harden on some of those nights. Um, so, so you don't think they need that production you know. from Westbrook? I mean, when he's shooting bad, to, to mm. that's what I'm saying. Like, like players like LeBron and everything, our perception about players in the NBA, which is what makes it great, is about their personalities and how we view their personalities. Because if this was LeBron and he was shooting like this, man, he does whatever it takes for the team. Look at him, even in a bad game. One time I seen Tim Duncan have two points, and they said it's just his pure leadership that gutted him to a win. You know what I mean? It depends on if we like players or not of how we view their stats. Because I believe that they need all the things that Russell Westbrook does to make that team go. I mean, he makes he takes all the pressure off of LeBron. I mean, not off of Paul George. The same way he did with KD. You never had people attacking KD in the media when he was on OKC because Russell Westbrook was the lightning rod. Now he's built to take it. I just don't understand why people don't like him. Because he looked like a Ninja Valley. Turtle. He does look like Donatello. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know his style. Uh, yeah. is if he's he, arrogant. But as fuck, no, I mean, I mean I, you let's know, not. <laughs> he is. But that's why I love he him is. too. Uh, you know. I, but Russ is that kind of cat you want on your team. He's gonna go to war with you, and uh, you can win. You can always win with a guy like Russ. So um, I'm just I'm just challenging the know. thought of people say, "Oh man, I want that old NBA back where they're not friendly and they're this, that, and other." And Russell Westbrook portrays all of that. And, Definition, definition of that, of that. And people hate him <laughs> so you say you want it but yep. you'll cling to a james harden it flops around lays on the ground don't play tough you know that good personality but then you'll turn around and say man i want that old school asshole back he's isaiah thomas man that's who he is speaking of uh real quick before we get out of here 
would you want to be Chris Paul's no. friend? LeBron James is supposedly his best friend, and the the man almost ripped his his arm out the socket last game trying to get a rebound that he had no shot at getting. Yeah, after the game, I uh, tell Chris Paul, "Hey, I didn't whoop you. That was Rondo and Brandon Ingram. Don't get mad at me and try to take it out on me. <laughs> I didn't spit in your face. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to you trying to act like you hacksaw Jim Duggan or something out here? I mean." I mean, he about snapped LeBron's arm clean off and then had nerve to complain about the officiating. And I hate, <laughs> I hate everything that this Houston Rockets team embodies. Like, I don't like anything about this Rockets team. I, I literally hate that team. I don't hate the people, but I hate the team that is constructed. I hate D'Antoni's style. I hate the way Harden plays. Chris Paul literally gets on my nerves. Like, I don't like anything about the Rockets. I root for them to fail every game. Too bad that... James Harden is one bad dude. <laughs> he is. He is. All right, man. Before we get out of here, anything else we got to get off our chest? Been a long layoff. We'll be back early. Who next you got? Week. Who you got for the? Uh, who you got for the the Zion watch? Uh, I think I think Adam Silver might go to the school of uh, of David Stern and uh, put him on. Give it the Knicks, but. There's also this little trend of when you lose your star, the number one pick. He ain't going to Cleveland, man. No, Everybody's tired of about, this. Uh, it would be, at this point in time, it would be New Orleans. Because they're going to lose Anthony oh, Davis. God, yeah, because that's that's what we need is another unhappy dude in New Orleans. That, look, man, they don't sell out the stadium with Anthony Davis. Yeah, they ain't going to sell know, out you, Zion. You know what they're Tom, doing. Tom, you, keep the, you keep the front. Quit, quit acting like you don't know the game. You need you need that franchise value. Pack this valuable. shit up. Send them to you Seattle. Need pack pack it up. Send it to Seattle and and just call the New Orleans experiment. Just, but if you're gonna find a open. buyer in Seattle, wouldn't you need an asset? No, because the uh, having a team is in itself an asset. Somebody was willing to buy the Kings for a billion, you know, or three billion dollars three years ago they had when cousins. they didn't have any assets. Ex- Oh, so now Cousins wasn't an no, asset? They, they, had, they, had a, they had an a, asset. Lottie Devox still. <laughs> what name a team that was going to get bought and moved that didn't have an asset? That's literally why they wouldn't move Chris Paul. That's literally why the NBA vetoed Pack before that team was bought. And then after it was sold, Chris Paul ass was gone. <laughs> Pack it up. Send them to Seattle. Call it a day. Uh, speaking of, real quick, Manny Machado, $300 million for a uh, 10-year contract to play with the San Diego Padres, who are not a good team. Um, in my opinion, I don't think that it makes sense to give anybody not named Mike Trout $300 million over 10 years um, just because he's not – I mean, they tried it with Pujols. They tried it with Alex Rodriguez. And uh, you just don't get the return on your investment yeah, for that. Yeah, man, it, I mean, it's hard for, as a player to say, hey, I'm not going to take $300 million for 10 years. But I don't – Especially yeah. to live in San Diego? Whew, man, sign me up. I don't see why a team would ever – I mean, I guess when you get bad that you're just trying to get free agents so you're giving them security. But anytime you give any player – like I would be a little reluctant to give LeBron 10 years, you know – million just because a lot can happen in 10 years and if something happens those are guaranteed contracts you can't get out of that you can't even buy that out you know like today you know people sign bad contracts with five years and then you know after about two years and it becomes tradable three years and it definitely you know 10 years (laughs) you know what I mean 
I mean, but you won't find a guy. You won't find NBA guys signing. No, that I'm long just saying. I'm just saying in general uh, in any sport. I mean, I understand that uh, baseball is um, less intrusive on your body. You can play longer. But as you just said, you just gave you just gave examples. The only one that it may have worked for is what Rodriguez. The the first ten year contract. Dude signed two ten year uh, contracts. I think he got two because yeah. he got one with the Rangers. Like, right. It was like ten years, two hundred. And then he got one with the Yankees, and even he, he didn't he didn't finish that second. He got one, one with but the that, Yankees. do you know how insane that is to have two, two ten year like three hundred, two hundred fifty million dollar contracts? Yeah, it's nuts. Um, but more power to him. Bryce Harper's probably going to get one this year, or, or get one a ten year, three hundred million dollar contract. Uh, I wouldn't pay either of those dudes three hundred million dollars personally uh, because they don't crumb they. They don't show up in the playoffs if you're Manny Machado and Bryce Harper is too streaky, man. He's a good player for me. He ain't three hundred million dollar good. Mike Trout, oh, I'd pay him whatever he wanted. But Bryce Harper, I'll tell you no one thanks. thing. This is a hundred percent fact. You tell me that you'll give me a ten year, three hundred million dollar contract. I'm definitely driving right down to Mexico right now and getting on those same drugs that Alex Rodriguez got on. I'm shooting up right in the store, <laughs> I mean, like like uh, drug addicts do to make sure the purity. I'm shooting up right in the store to make sure is what I need. Man, all I know is I'm about to tell Mike once I start having babies, uh, if I have sons. No, nah, we ain't touching no footballs around here. We going baseball and basketball my, or soccer. Those are the only three we playing. They, that's what pays the most. That's what I we doing. Definitely agree. I don't soccer. You can go soccer. That's oh, what yeah, I said. I said, said soccer. Yep, I don't so, like to be overseas, uh, so I'm, I'm still pushing away from that. Oh, we didn't touch on. What do you think about the um, the NBA 12 team league in Africa? Uh, I don't know enough to give an opinion on it. I think it's a good thing. It's just going to grow the game more. Um, you know, so you're going to start seeing more Joel Embiid's and Giannis Antetokounmpo's walking around. It's kind of crazy so, that Africa didn't can't already be bad. have a league. I mean, I can understand why they wouldn't. Uh, one thing I didn't know, um, stupid me, just believing what I'm told. I didn't know that a- Africa was so big. Like that's one thing that they were talking about. They were saying it's gonna a lot's gonna depend on the success successfulness of the league is gonna depend on where each team is stationed because you can literally be driving like not driving but however you get there going from traveling from canada to mexico in some of those games because the places are so far apart yeah so um i think it's a good thing for the nba anything to help grow the game and you know like i said they've clearly got they clearly have a ton of athletes over there that i mean have barely started playing basketball and yet you know you've got two of them who are Arguably two of the top five, six players in the league. I know you league. felt that so, way about Luke about uh, <laughs> See, you can't even get the man's name right. Don't talk about Bob Mute like One that. One more quick question. Uh, what do you think about Luca saying that it's easier to score the NBA than it is in the European League? Think that's just a dig? Um... I don't know. Shit, I don't watch European basketball. I mean, I know he was doing his thing over there, so I mean, maybe it's true, but uh, yeah, I, feel I like don't know. I he was calling I, the NBA soft. Maybe he was. That wouldn't have flown 20 years ago, but today he can get away with it because nobody cares Which enough. proves but, the point that the uh, NBA is now soft. Yeah. All right, man, that's it. That's all. Uh, as we talked about, if you guys liked our intro, um, we'll feature... Cooley in the cut on our uh, on our page on the Facebook 
Um, if you guys know an artist out there that wants to be featured or if you have a small business friend um, that wants to be featured on the podcast, shoot us an email and hit us with the it email. It is smartdummies, D-U-M-M-I-E-S-2 at Gmail. You can also contact us on Instagram, which is 2 Smart Dummies. And we can also be found on Facebook if you just search Two Smart Dummies. That's it. That's all, folks. We'll holler at you next week. Peace.